Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump into today, guys. Hey, it's Monday, the 26th of April. I hope you guys all had a great weekend. I got back from a wedding. I'm still <laughs> still recuperating. Um, but this is a big week, guys, in market news. I'm really excited to go over some of the uh, the earnings uh, earnings companies. There's no reports yet. It'll happen throughout the week. But this is going to be the biggest week uh, thus far of the year for earnings reports. But before we jump into the news, let's do the quote of the day. I picked today's quote based upon... Uh, this gentleman, his name's Peter Lynch. He's one of my investment heroes. I absolutely love a lot of his philosophy and the way he's done business. Um, I think he's done like 29% um, at like average, I'm pretty sure, over like the last 20 or 30 years. He's a mutual fund manager and a philanthropist. Uh, hopefully, when you become that rich, you you become a philanthropist, right? <laughs> but he uh, he's constantly outperformed the S&P by, I think, damn near double. So... He really knows what he's talking about and what he's doing. And uh, yeah, so Peter says, although it's easy to forget sometimes, a share is not a lottery ticket. It's part ownership of a business. So if you have one share of stock, right, what he's just saying is that you're part of the company. You're either part of the company that's making it survive or you're part of the company that's making it thrive. So just look at it like that moving forward. Hopefully you guys can. Uh, Definitely not a lottery ticket. Investing is not gambling if you know what you're doing. All right, let's jump into what's happening in the news today. Global equity markets are mixed to flat to start out the week as investors brace themselves for a bunch of earnings reports. An FOMC meeting in the U.S., which that's just the Federal Open Market Committee. We'll talk about that here in a second. And dozens of reports of the health and global economy. COVID-19 cases continue to hit record highs in India, where the vaccine rate remains dangerously low. U.S. Treasury yields are rising slowly, with the 10-year yielding close to 1.6, which is a rebound from last week. Okay, so the FOMC, guys, the Federal Open Market Committee of the Federal Reserve, meets this Tuesday uh, and Wednesday on interest rates and monetary policy. Guys, that group, the FOMC, it's just a fancy term for important people at the company who decide our interest rates, uh, printing of money, etc. So FOMC, important group of people, determines uh, a lot of how our, our currency works. Okay, so we should not expect the Fed to make any changes to the federal funds rate because it keeps telling us that will happen in 2023. Still, more FOMC members have tightened their timelines about what that about when that should happen. Given the strength of the economic recovery, Inflation is still lower than where the feds would like it, even though almost every everything we buy is more expensive today than it was six months ago, especially lumber, which we've talked about. So the news is now just catching up to that, by the way. We were talking about that about a week ago. The news is now talking about it today. Interesting how that works. Uh, it's a huge week for corporate earnings with one-third of the S&P 500 reporting results from the previous quarter. Among those reporting are Tesla, Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, Boeing, Facebook, Amazon, McDonald's, and Twitter. Now, if you guys were listening closely, there is, again, another callback to a previous episode where we talked about FANG stocks. This is the week that FANG is reporting its earnings, so it's going to be a big week for every person invested in the market. FANG has a large hold, um, percentage hold on the S&P 500, on the Dow. They're, They're very large just considering investment amount. So it's important to hear what they have to say. Um, and hopefully it's a good year for everybody, right? Or it's been a, it's been a good quarter for them so far, but the question for investors is whether that is already well-priced into the market, which is a great question. So what that means guys is that most news 
is a forward projection. So the stock market takes things into account in the future. It predicts things. So um, for an example, if people know Facebook is going to have a really good earnings report, it already starts to climb. The stock price already starts to climb. And so once it hits, everyone's like, oh, it's going to go through the roof. It's going to go through the roof. Well, it kind of already did if it's if it's already gone up before the earnings report, if that makes sense. That stuff leaks. Um, it's also kind of exciting. Like You can't just be quiet at Facebook, beat, beat their earnings report by you know, 5 10%. You can't keep that stuff quiet. So the stock market predicts that and is a future-looking tool. Uh, the forward price to earnings ratio for the S&P is close to record highs. And while that usually doesn't end well, if you want to look back to 1999 and 2008, so that's the dot-com bubble and then the housing crisis, obviously, uh, the economy is strengthening nicely into the second year of the recovery. So with that said, guys, overall today, big week. Um, don't worry so much, I would say, about what the, the market's going to do. I think it's just going to stay steady to flat. Some of these individual companies will do really well, I think. Like, I'm pretty sure Apple's going to have a good quarter. Uh, Microsoft should also have one. Amazon always does well. I mean, geez, think about how much money Amazon has made just in the last year or two. I bet it's probably more than the, like the last five years combined. In other headline news, it looks like India's health ministry reported nearly 350,000 new cases of COVID on Monday. That's the highest daily for that country yet. Uh, so thoughts and prayers are with India. The uh, This one's kind of exciting. This one's definitely a, on a lighter note. The European Union plans to open its doors this summer to U.S. tourists who've been fully vaccinated. So for those of you who've been vaccinated, good for you. I still have to wait to, to go on trips, but you guys can start to live the life here uh, once the <laughs> once summer starts to, to peek its head around the corner. Um, also, Apple announced an acceleration of its U.S. investments, planning to spend more than $430 billion and add 20,000 jobs over the next five years. Guys, that's a big deal. Apple is sort of at, was sort of at the forefront of the technology companies going overseas. I mean, you guys have all heard, right, the, the stories. I, I'm not sure if they're real or not, but how there's, you know, shack houses in China and they're just stacked with 500 workers making chips. Well, Regardless of your political point of view on that or your socioeconomic point of view, the fact that they're moving those jobs back to the U.S. or maybe they're keeping them and they're just creating new jobs. I'm, I'm not sure. But new job. Well, that's the thing, though. Are the new jobs going to be taken from people in other countries and being brought back here or is it going to be new jobs completely? Um, either way, that's a big move for Apple to be doing that because it's expensive to have jobs here. It just is. It's just more expensive. And what that tells me is that they're really taking serious the new car, the Apple self-driving car. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's self-driving, but I think that that this is one of the best places to be, to be doing those sorts of innovative projects. And they're also going to be totally kicking up, ramping up the 5G production. So that's exciting for me. Everybody everybody knows who Apple is. And so just to see that they're coming back to the US, uh, I'm excited about that. And, and hopefully there's going to be some pretty impressive innovations over the next couple, what did they say, five years? Yeah, over the next, over the next five, 10 years. Uh, okay. And then the best news of the day, in my opinion, is that the movie theaters are back, baby. So Mortal Kombat, the Warner Bros. action film uh, based on the 1992 video game, which is one of my favorite video games of all time. It was just at the time, it was it blew my mind all the moves you could do and the fatalities and whatnot. But, anyways, uh, it topped the domestic box office this weekend, which is that's important, guys, because this movie was also uh, on on demand watch. I think on HBO Max. So the fact that people still went to the movie theaters to watch this proves 
that there is going to be a, uh, a rebound here for these movie theaters. I, I love the movie theaters. My family is huge on them. We probably go twice a week. Uh, definitely go see all the superhero movies with my dad. That's just our, that's just our thing. And it's just exciting to see that they're back. So uh, no, I don't have any investments in movie theater companies at the moment, but I definitely would consider it. Uh, just that wasn't something I thought was going to be a good rebound stock right away. Proved that that's true. So, but it was good to see with AM, or AMC being a meme stock, still super good. Love that they stuck it to the man um, by betting against the hedge funds. All right, so let's get into what I think is the most important a conversation to be had and we've talked about this a couple of times already but lumber prices it's interesting that these these uh the market news companies and the research firms they're just now talking about this i think this was worth talking about two months ago but anyways i think i told you guys that it's it's gone up like four or five times the price of lumber from 14 to like 50 dollars or something like that well it looks like it's grown 322 percent that's how much lumber prices have risen just in the last year i mean it's far surpassing previous record highs and it shows very little signs of letting up the surging demand for u.s homes amid a historical tight supply is partially to blame for the price hikes but so are near record low mortgage rates which we also discussed that both home prices and mortgage refinancing have surged in the past six months as low rates and a record high U.S. personal savings rate have prompted buyers and homeowners to buy homes or plow thousands of dollars into their existing properties. Being stuck at home meant that people who could afford it wanted a bigger, better house. That's fair. Home prices are up 17% on average across the U.S. in the past 12 months. Now, we also talked about just my childhood house. I think it's like up 30% over the last uh, month or so which is twice the average and it's not because it's a massive house or anything it's just because I live in a I grew up in an area that was it was all about houses it's Prescott Arizona they they all housing up there is insane so uh, but 2020 was the year that people just stopped building stuff right I think um, lumber mills across the U.S. They just basically weren't producing anything. But when it became clear that working from home was going to last all year, I think demand for hardwood sort of just jumped out of out of out of, out of the sky, just rocketed straight up, uh, which is interesting, I think, because you wouldn't think that you'd be stuck at home and you're like, oh, I want to buy some wood. Um, <laughs> it's obviously more complicated than that, but wood is just such a huge part of any housing, any, any construction project, right? So when people are sitting at home, they're thinking about how they want to improve their house. First thing they think of is lumber. Um, so that's interesting. Again, keep your eyes on that. Uh, the other thing that we do in the U.S., I think we get most of our lumber from Canada. And if you guys are familiar, when Trump was president, he was huge on having this U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. And I, th I think that there was a tariff on Canada unless they signed it. I think there was a tariff on them with their lumber. I might have even been like 20 or 30% that if they didn't sign it, you know, we're going to charge you that charge you that amount to even sell here. Well, I think they signed it and now it's down to like eight or 9%. So that's good news. I think that that's going to be uh, a good relationship moving forward. But that was, that was in December of 2020. So these uh, price kickups... They're happening anyways, even regardless of, of this good deal with, with Canada. So that's something we got to consider uh, moving forward. I'll keep you guys up to date on that as much as possible. That stuff is very interesting and very scary. The housing market in and of itself is a massive, massive part of our economy and our market. You wouldn't think that, okay, you're investing in the stock market, that you can also invest in real estate. 
but there are so many derivatives and one-offs and so many different ways you can invest in real estate through the stock market without actually having real estate. So going good, going bad, it will affect the market as a whole as well as our economy. So just things to keep track of today, guys. Uh, That's it. I hope you guys have a great day. And as always, invest early, invest often. We'll see you guys tomorrow.